Today, I'm going to share with you five mistakes in a coaching business that are keeping you below a million dollars in revenue. Hey, welcome to the Healthpreneur Show. I'm Uriel Kim, CEO and founder of Healthpreneur. You are listening to this because you are a health professional or coach who is committed and driven to growing a successful virtual practice or coaching business online. In these episodes, I'm going to give you the best of the best when it comes to marketing, sales, mindset, business growth in general to help you achieve those goals. So without any further ado, let's dive right in. This video is going to help you because I'm going to share five of the biggest mistakes that I've seen, having now worked with more than 1,300 clients and, you know, how to get over that those humps. So shall we dive in? Number one is offloading sales too early on in your business. I don't like sales. I don't want to do my enrollment calls anymore. I want someone else to do it. Big mistake. I'm going to give you a couple of reasons why. Number one, let's assume that you charge $5,000 for your coaching program. And let's assume that you convert about 30% of people you speak with on the phone. Okay. So you have three calls and one of them says yes. So if you look at your effective hourly rate, we take 5,000 divided by three and that, that ends up being what? 1,600 and change. So your effective hourly rate for every hour you spend on the phone trying to enroll a client, if they're a good fit, is $1,600, give or take. Now, please tell me, unless you're, you know, wherever you're at in your business, under a million dollars, what else in your business is going to give you a higher return for per hour put in than that? The answer, honestly, is is not a lot because if you're building graphics in Canva, if you're chinking around with your website, if you're uh, doing comfortable work that is easy to do, a lot of those things might make you feel good, but they don't move the needle. The most important thing you should be doing in your coaching business until at least $750,000 a year is getting on the phone with people and enrolling clients. And if you don't like it, it's probably because you're not great at it. And that's okay because we tend not to like things we're not good at. So what do we do? We get better at it and we like it. So again, we work with primarily health practitioners and coaches. And you know, many of our clients come in very apprehensive of selling. They're like, no, I'm a doctor. I'm a health practitioner. I don't like to sell. I'm like, great. Have fun with that type of business where no one actually wants to work with you. But what happens is when you get better at this, you actually enjoy it. And what happens is it's the biggest lever in your business, other than one more thing I'll talk about, to help you go from, you know, where did you are to the next level? A couple of conversations I would have with my clients typically look like this. How many hours are you spending in delivery? How many hours are you speaking on the phone with prospective clients? Clients like I spend about 10 hours a week, you know, doing discovery and rolling calls and I spend 30 hours a week in delivery. I'm like, cool. So we got to reverse that because number one, delivery will always become the biggest bottleneck in a service-based business. So we got to fix that. And that's one of the things I do with my clients is how do we take those 30 hours of delivery, chop it down to 15 without compromising the quality of results your clients get. So they actually get better results while seeing you less. So we see those 15 hours and we put it on the front end. So we take 10 hours of enrollment calls. Now we have 25. And let's say that you enroll one out of three people. So if you're doing 10 enrolling calls a week, let's just ballpark this for the month. 40 calls a month, one out of three enrolls. Uh, let's just say one out of four, just to keep the, mind, the math easier. So one out of people enrolls, that's 10. Okay, so 10 clients a month. And let's say you charge $5,000. That's a pretty good business. That's 50,000 a month, right? 10 clients enrolled, 5,000 each. Amazing but you want bigger, you want more, you want to help more people. So now we have 25 hours a week because we took the 15 from delivery, put it up front times four, that's a hundred hours. Divide that by four, we have 25 clients enrolled paying you $5,000 each. That's $125,000 per month. You have two and a half X your business simply by moving more hours from delivery into enrollment calls. 
you have now crossed more than a million dollars in run rate. And at this point, hey, maybe it makes sense to look at hiring another sales rep to support you on that. But you have to look at, okay, I'm going to do as many enrollment calls as I possibly can over the next short term because I have to build up. I have to build up cash in the bank. I have to build up profit and building the business. So I have more of a reserve, if you will, to actually hire someone. Because if you want to hire someone else, like you actually have to be generating revenue and profit to make that possible. I've seen people want to like hire sales reps when they're doing 5K a month. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you're not even good enough first and foremost to coach anyone else to do your sales, which is a very big mistake. And I've seen this happen far too often. I don't want to do sales. I'm going to have my office manager do it just because I don't want to. And then they go like zero for 20 and the business fucking disintegrates. Like, no, no, no. Get back on the phone. You do the enrollments, you build up your cash reserve, you hire someone who's really good, you coach them and train them and give them feedback. Yes, it's a temporary thing. It's going to suck. However, for every hour you invest in coaching a sales rep, you will buy back 10 hours of your time, but only once you're at a million plus, okay? Do not hire sales team before you have mastered sales yourself and you're at a revenue level, I would say minimum 75K a month where it makes sense to offload that to someone else. So then you can spend more time on the higher level stuff beyond selling. So that's the first mistake we want to avoid. The second one is undercharging. The examples we just looked at, okay? So let's say that you have 10 enrolled clients a month and you charge 5K. It's the same amount of work, same everything. Person B enrolls 10 clients a month and they charge 1,500. They're making $15,000. You're making $50,000. So let's call it the same offer, the same work, the same everything. This person is making three and a half times less money for the same amount of work, the same amount of time, the same stuff. All you have to do is raise your prices. And I know that sounds easy, but you have to be confident in what you're selling. And if you're not confident, well, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do to become confident. Go to the product, go in your coaching program, make it better, review the client's wins, the testimonials, feed, right? Feed your soul, feed, like drink the Kool-Aid of what you're doing. I firmly believe that, I mean, our HBA program is the best thing anyone will ever do for their business and their personal life in working with us. And when you look at that, and my belief is like for what we're charging, it's a friggin' steal, right? If you go one nuance that made you 1% better, it'd be the cheapest thing you ever purchased. That's my belief, right? You have to have a belief in what you're offering to such a degree that you're like, I'm only charging 1500. No, no, I'm going to take that to 3K because just based on conviction, people will always object to price, whether it's a thousand, 5,000, 20,000. Okay. I promise you. So why worry about the people who are not like, why even bother charging a thousand? We recommend our clients charge a minimum 3K for a six, eight, 10, 12 week coaching program. Okay. Some charge a lot more. But if you're undercharging, you put a tremendous amount of strain on the business because here's what happens. For the same amount of work, the same amount of energy, the same amount of effort, you make significantly less. You have smaller margins. And therefore, if you have any cost of goods sold or cost of service, i.e., you know, lab tests or, you know, welcome packages, whatever you're doing for your clients, that chips away at the margin even more. If you're acquiring clients with paid traffic, you're going to pay for those clients. So now the margins are even smaller versus if you charge twice as much, you have the same fixed cost or the same variable cost, right? Cost of goods sold the same. You know, if your Facebook ads cost you 500 bucks to acquire a client, that's 500 bucks, but you have way more margin to make more sense of it. Like if you're coaching clients and you wake up in the morning, you're like, I'm definitely not charging enough. It doesn't get you excited to show up. Like obviously we want to serve our clients, but you also have to do so in a way that gets you jazzed. I'm like, yes, I'm earning what I deserve for the work I'm putting in here and for my intellectual property. So the other reason that undercharging puts a lot of strain on the business is because you have to make up in volume what you lack in price. It's a lot more complicated to work with 10 times as many clients 
than it is to work with 10 times as few clients. If you charge $1,000 and someone else charges 5,000 for the same revenue, they're working with five times fewer clients. And that means it's a lot easier to run that business. If you wanna make the same revenue, you have to work with five times as many clients, but you're not gonna do everything. So now the problem becomes you have to hire a lot of people. And for the level of margin you have, that becomes very, very strenuous on the business. So now you create a business that is very complex, you have a lot of moving parts, you have a lot of clients, and you have a lot of team unnecessarily for that level of profit. Whereas if you had higher margins, you could work with fewer clients for the same absolute revenue, and you would need fewer people on your team to service them. So you really want to think through this stuff. And that's why pricing is such a huge lever in your business, because the vast majority of any increase in price is going to go right to the bottom line. And that means cash in your pocket as the business owner. So if you don't want to grow your business beyond a million dollars, make the mistake of charging too little. Hey, quick little interlude in today's episode. I don't know about you, but I'm a very visual learner. And if you're the same, you might enjoy this content in video format. If that's the case, be sure to head over to YouTube. Just type healthpreneur when you're searching in the YouTube browser and you'll come across our channel. A lot of the episodes for this podcast actually originate on our YouTube channel as videos. And if you'd like to see more of the visuals that I talk about in many of these episodes, then I would encourage you to go on over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, and enjoy all of the longer form videos, as well as a lot of the shorts that we post online on a daily basis. So head on over to YouTube if you're a visual learner like I am, and let's get back to the show. The third coaching business mistake that I've seen, oh my God, way too often is diversifying your offerings. I have a saying, which is one target market, one core program, one offer, one traffic source until a million dollars. That's it. I've got clients who are like, oh, I've had people on the phone say I can't afford it. Should I offer a DIY? Lower? And I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. They're, you think they're going to jump and enjoy it? Like, oh my God, I can do this by myself for 500 bucks? No, no. Those are the same people who are going to tell you 500 bucks is also too expensive. You do one thing. You offer one core program and you go as far as you possibly can with that. And when you're bored out of your mind, you keep improving it. Trust me, this is what I've had to do. My previous business was a fucking nightmare. Like hundreds of pages and funnels and products. It was a friggin' complexity nightmare. When I started Healthpreneur, I said I'm doing one thing and that's it. Our perfect client pipeline and HBA, which was our main coaching program. That's it. And then we have a high level, higher level mastermind for those who move up to the next level. So we have a core offer and a scale offer. That's it. I don't advise you to have a membership site. No, like, oh, I have a number of programs that offer. Like, who cares? Anytime someone says I'm working on insert plural at the end of whatever, I'm like, you're going to struggle or you're not doing very well. I'm working on my third book. Amazing. How's the first one doing? Oh, no one knows about it. Oh, no fucking kidding. Or you go to their website and it's like programs. The very fact that you have an S at the end of programs tells me you're not doing well. I've got this program, this program, this program, this service is offered, this, 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 blow it up. Forget about it, guys. I'm telling you, it's the single biggest failure point in any coaching business is offering too much shit. You cannot, you cannot be the master of everything. And honestly, it requires so much work to get one thing amazing. Try doing that twice with another thing. It's not going to, let's add another thing because people said no to this thing. Let's add this one in. Don't. Do not do it. I'm telling you from someone who's a creative, like obsessive, let's do this next thing, this next thing, this next thing. I've had to take my horizontal creativity and invert it vertically. So all of the ideation I have is how do we make what we're doing with one thing 1% better? And then we course correct. We make it a little bit better. Can that video be shorter? Awesome. How do we get our clients to win faster? Cool. Let's do this. Remove this. Keep doing this. 
and we obsess about one thing, one thing only, that's it. Like if there is one thing you get from this video, it's to only do one thing. But Yuri, like I also wanna help everyone. You're not gonna help everyone you never were in the first place. You're not Superman, you're not Superwoman. It's never gonna happen. But Yuri, if I only do one thing, I'm gonna alienate, every, I'm gonna alienate everyone else. Who cares? You are never gonna help everyone anyways. Get the fuck over it. Because if you have all these offerings, you are a generalist and you know what that means. You're dead. Generalists die. You don't make money. No one wants to work with you because you're a jack of all trades, master of none. You are not looking for someone who's a generalist, I'm assuming. You're looking for someone who understands your business and your needs. Why would you think your clients are any different? But I can also help this and this. I don't give a shit. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And if you need help with this, get help. Because the single most important decision you have to make in your business is who do I want to serve? Single target market. Everything flows from there. And if you don't do that, it is struggle bus for a long time. So the third biggest mistake is diversifying your offerings, having too many things you're offering people. It is an absolute disaster. Don't do it. Okay. The fourth mistake that keeps you stuck under a million is once you're at a point where you're ready to hire an admin assistant or an executive assistant or maybe another coach to help you on delivery, those are the first two hires in a coaching business. You're not going to hire a sales rep first. We talked about this. You're not going to outsource your marketing to an agency who doesn't give a shit about your business. Don't fucking do that. I'm serious. You're going to hire an admin assistant and a coach. Those are the first two hires. Now, here's the mistake. Hiring people on the cheap. Oh, I want to, I don't like, I'm going to cut corners and I'm going to hire someone who's the least expensive. And I share this with you from someone who has done that way too many times in life. You always get what you pay for. The only exception to this rule that I have found so far in my 43 years is wine. I don't drink really ever, but when I have the occasional glass of wine, which is really never, I've had $900 bottles of wine and I'm like, we're okay. And then this $20 bottle is amazing. That's the only time, only place in life where I found you don't get what you pay for. Everything else, everything else from houses to cars to team rep to team to coaching programs to everything you always get what you pay for you want cheap leads guess what that's exactly what you're going to get you want qualified clients they're going to cost a little bit more but listen if your return on ad spend is positive why not do that i want one cent clicks that's exactly what you're going to get shit clickers Okay. Do not make the mistake of hiring the cheapest option. And this goes also for like, if you're investing in a coach, man, this is one of the biggest epic mistakes. If you are looking for the cheapest price instead of the best value, please save your money. Oh, my, um, I have a relative who's pretty good in business. <laughs> I'm going to get their coaching because they're giving me a discount. <laughs> like, oh my God, what are you doing? You should be looking for the most expensive people. And I know that's that's hard to that's hard to to swallow because you may not you may not be in a position where that makes sense. But the most expensive option is always the cheapest one. I'm, I'm like I, I'm telling you this from 18 years of experience and working with people that I'm like, fuck, why did I hire this person? Or agencies or whatever. Just spend, I I really should say invest a little bit more. The people you bring onto your team are the biggest investment and the most important asset that you will cultivate over time. They're also the biggest liability in painting your ass if they're the wrong people. Obviously, I'm very like animated about this. You always get what you pay for. Do you understand that? Please let it sink into your brain. If you're looking to cut corners and pay the least amount, you are gonna pay so hard, so much more, and for so much longer and lost time than if you just found someone who's better. And you'll know 
right away. On day one, if this person doesn't surprise you in a positive way, it's usually not a good sign. It's usually not a good sign. We have a very, very strict hiring process for a very specific reason. When people last with us beyond 90 days, they typically stay with us for about three years. And we don't really lose people in that interim. We fire them right away. Now, obviously, there's a balance of training, coaching, mentoring people up. But when you've done this long enough, you start to recognize that some people, it's just gonna be a waste of time. And so if you have to spend an extra couple grand or an extra 10, 20,000 a year to hire someone better, do it. It is almost always gonna work out better for you. I promise you. Okay, you always get what you pay for. Do not hire cheap because that's exactly what you're going to get. Okay, fifth biggest mistake that will keep you under a million dollars is not tracking your metrics, not tracking critical numbers. Do you even know what your critical metrics are? Like, do you know what to measure in the first place? Most of our clients have no clue. They come in and we're like, cool, here's the critical number sheet. They're like, what the hell is this? We're like, watch the training. And then we walk them through how to track their numbers. I'm not getting enough calls booked. Great. Let's look at your critical number sheets. How many leads do you have? I have 13 leads. Why are we talking? Understand your numbers. If you don't have enough leads, you're not going to have calls booked. How do we get more leads? We do this, this, and this. Well, I think I need to change my webinar. Why do you say that? Because I don't have enough calls booked. Really? What's your lead to call book ratio? Huh, that looks pretty good. There might be a constraint somewhere else. If you have if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you're in big trouble. If you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's a concern. If you don't know what I'm talking about here and you're like, what are these numbers you're throwing around? I can promise you your business is not where you want it to be. And that's because you don't even, you have no dashboard. You have no, it's like, it's like flying a plane or driving a car with no dashboard. How fast am I going? Uh, I don't know. Officer, uh, I wasn't speeding. Uh, yeah, I got you caught at 140 miles per hour. Well, I have no dashboard. I can't see anything. I don't give a shit. That's your problem. Figure it out, right? So you have to understand which critical numbers to look at in your business. Now, again, if you have a coaching business, there's going to be 11 critical numbers. Do you know what they are? Probably not. Do you know the five conversion trouble spots and how to fix them? Probably not. Well, that's exactly what we help our clients with so they can run their business like a well-oiled machine that is based on data, not feelings. I feel like this is doing okay. I don't give a shit what you feel like. Show me the numbers because you can make good decisions without data. Client success. How long does it take your clients to get a first win? Well, they lose weights. Uh, they get the outcome. No, I'm like, okay, no, no, no. that's what I'm saying. Time to value. How quickly are you helping your clients achieve that first win? I don't know. What is the first win? I don't know. You tell me. Like, how are you How are you monitoring your client's progress? What's your net promoter score? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, what's your fully loaded CAC? What's your cost to acquire clients? I'm not sure. What's your LTV? What's your lifetime value? Uh, I don't know. Do you know the LTV to CAC ratio, ideally? No. I mean, these are these are reasons why businesses can't scale. And these are reasons why a lot of coaches don't have a business. They have a job. And you might be in that position. That's fine if that's where, you're, if that's where you are. But if you want to change it, you have to build your business like a CEO. And it's not very complicated. It's just learning a new skill set. You know, it's one of the skills we help our clients build is just monitoring your metrics and learning to interpret the data to make good decisions in your business. If you're a health professional and you're already doing this with your clients, you're just not maybe aware of it. Yeah, TSH is a little bit low, T3 is a little high, uh, testosterone is down, estrogen's up. Those are critical numbers inside the human body. You're already doing this stuff. You're using that data to help your clients make good decisions about health modifications. We're just doing the same thing here in business. So instead of looking at TSH levels, for instance, we're looking at cost per lead or lead to call book ratio, stuff like that. Can you imagine this? Like doctor or health practitioner, I would like to improve my health. I have some issues. Cool. I have no clue what's happening underneath the surface, but let's just make some assumptions and I think this will work. Like that's, you can't, how are you supposed to help people like that, right? 
It's the same thing with business. Don't expect great things in your business without measuring what you want to improve, right? What gets measured gets managed. And if you don't know what your numbers are, don't be upset when they don't grow, okay? Again, those are the five big mistakes that I continually see coaches make when building their businesses and it keeps them under a million. It's impossible to get beyond a million dollars if you make these five mistakes. So if you want to keep your business super small, here's what you do. You hire salespeople too early, you undercharge, you diversify your offerings, you hire cheap people, and five, you do not track critical numbers. Do those five things and I guarantee you, you will stay small. Do the opposite of those based on the stuff I've talked about here and you will grow your business beyond a million dollars. Cool? Let me know which one of those five mistakes hits home the most with you in the comments below. And if you want more of this awesomeness, remember to subscribe to the channel and check out the next video. I have no clue what it is, but it's probably gonna be awesome as well. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me in today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have, here's what I'd love for you to do next, is if you're not already subscribed to The Health Burner Show, go ahead and hit that button wherever you're listening to this to make sure you do not miss a single episode coming your way. And while you're at it, why not leave a rating or review? It would mean a lot to me. And here's why. Because I lay in bed awake at night wondering, are you enjoying this show? Do you get a lot of value out of this? And I never really know until I hear from you. All kidding aside, I would really appreciate a rating or review because as you know, the more people know about this show, the more people we can help and your ratings and reviews make a huge difference. So thanks for hanging out with me once again and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.